Well, good morning, Greenville First. Uh, I am so honored to be with you. Uh, my name is Tyler. I am the pastor of Faith Church in Goose Creek, South Carolina, and uh, super honored to get to hang out with you guys and have uh, the opportunity to speak with you. Uh, pastor Josh and Brittany are truly uh, amazing friends and mentors in my life, and so when they asked if I would come and share, uh, it was an easy yes. I couldn't wait uh, to be with you guys, not only because of the relationship I have with them, but also uh, of what I hear of what God is doing. Uh, God is doing amazing things here in Greenville, and I believe it's just the very beginning of, of what God is doing and always excited uh, to hear about what God's doing through you guys. And so hope you're doing well. Um, hope you are still getting through all of this uh, craziness that we're in. And we're believing um, some new things are coming soon where God is about to uh, start some new things. He's about to do some new things. And, and really we're kind of answering that as we continue the series that Pastor Josh started last week of what's next uh, what is next? We might be asking that question about uh, the quarantine, about the coronavirus, about uh, realities, about sports, about work, about your job, about your business, about your relationships, about the time you can spend with your grandkids, right? Like, we're all asking this question of what's next. And, and really, my intent today is to really kind of continue that thought and, uh, and really grateful for the privilege to do that. To do that, I, I want to look um, at a very familiar passage. In fact, if you've been around church for any time, uh, you've probably heard of, read, and experienced sermons or messages or blogs or, or the Bible app of something of some sort with this passage. And it's in the book of Exodus. And if you want to find uh, Exodus, maybe you're trying to flip through really quickly. It's the second book in the Bible right after uh, Genesis. So you can look extremely smart if you just flip there. Maybe you flip there in a Bible. Maybe right now you pop open a new tab uh, on your computer screen. Or, or maybe you open up your Bible app on your cell phone as you watch today. But this book, it's, it's written uh, by a man named Moses. And it's his, his account. And ultimately, it's, it's themes around um, this reality of one thing. And that is the deliverance of the people of Egypt or the people of Israel out of Egypt. He's, he's delivering these people. And this storyline, most scholars believe, is credited to be the most important story in the Old Testament and perhaps one of the most important in all the Bible. And today I want to ask this question of, of what's next with a story from Moses' life that answers the question and forces him to ask the question, uh, of himself. What is next for me and how do I get there? What does it look like to do this? To do this, I want to look at Exodus chapter 3. We're going to be reading in verse 11 through verse 14. And so you can follow along. It says this, but Moses said to God, who am I? If you're uh, following along, taking notes, I encourage you to write some things down. Maybe you can underline just that statement right there. That's a question we all must ask. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. In verse 13, he says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. It's that big Yahweh statement. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. 
This is an interaction that really marks what Moses would ultimately fulfill, his purpose ultimately in life. This is the beginning of the story of the people of Israel and all that God had for them. This is the beginning of getting to the promised land. This is the beginning of all that is next. But before he gets to what's next, there were some things he had to ask of himself. And so today I want to preach to you a message I've really just simply titled, Before We Go. Before we go to what's next, there's some things that we need to evaluate in our own lives. Before we go to what's next, we need to ask some questions that Moses asked of himself and maybe we ought to ask of ourselves to gain new perspective. Now, I don't know about you guys, but have you ever caught a glimpse of yourself from a different perspective, from an angle that you haven't seen in a long time, and and it caught you by total surprise? Like, what you saw was different than what you envisioned in your mind. Like, like the angle that it was taken at was not your angle. I, I watch people all the time as they take uh, selfies and pictures, uh, or they take family photos, they, they choose their side, right? Like, we all have that good Side. Some of us, we just agree that we don't really have a good side at all. And, and if you're in that camp, maybe uh, you can let some people know they're not alone in the comments today. But, but the truth is, is I had a moment where I saw an angle or a side of me that changed my life forever. My family and I uh, went out to my grandparents. They live on a, in a lake house on the lake, beautiful place. And they have a little beach that they've created right by a seawall. And so one day, one Sunday after church, my family and I went out to my grandparents', grandparents place just to have fun, just to get in the water. It was the beginning of summer. I had a, a, a little boy, a little boy named Lyric, and Lyric was excited about summertime to finally get to swim. He was just over uh, one year old, and, and he was excited about being introduced to the water. So I took him in the water, and we played. I would hold him, and we would wait for each wave to come, and we would jump as each wave almost overtook him, and he would scream and laugh. And it was one of those smiles from a children that if you have kids or maybe grandkids you know about, but it's one of those smiles that it's their whole face smiling. It's just not their mouth. It's their whole face. He was so excited, and he would laugh, and it was such a great time building memories. And then I decided to take a little break. So I have a twin brother, and he grabbed my son, and he continued to do this over and over again. And while he did that, I walked up to the little beach next to the seawall and kind of just laid down, rubbing my hands into the sand, just kind of enjoying making a, somewhat of a sand castle that I could and, and just had conversation and, and thought nothing really of it. And truthfully, that day went great. We left, and we moved on, and I went about my life, but the moment that I'm talking about actually happened when I got home. You see, during this time, as I was just laying there enjoying my time, what I didn't know was my good-hearted mom was doing what she often does, snapping photos for memories. And she posts these photos on Facebook without testing the waters, without telling us what could have happened, what might have happened, what she caught. She just posted the photo. And so to my surprise, I get home feeling great about life, feeling like a great father, creating memories, only to see a photo of myself laying on the beach with my legs tucked up under me. And what I saw, I can only equate to that of, I don't know if you've ever watched National Geographic, but have you ever seen the beaches and they were filled with the walruses just laying out all over the beach? Like, that's what I saw. It was not a good view of me. In in fact, I think it might have been the worst view of me 
ever. I was mortified. I, I, I text my mom immediately like, hey, did you think that maybe this photo wasn't the good one of me? Like, and I don't know if you've ever had moments like that, but you're like, you know what? That photo made it look a whole lot worse. And here's why, because it, it was that moment where I was faced with a, a perspective, a view of myself that I could no longer hide in the mirror. You see, in the mirror, I know some tricks, and then I want to help you this morning. If you ever feel like maybe you want to lose a few pounds, here's a trick you can do with your mirror. Just simply slant it a little. Just by slanting your mirror just a little, it makes you look taller, thinner, and you feel great about yourself. And I had done that for so long that my 2D view that I saw every day in the mirror was quite different than what everyone else saw in 3D. And you see this photo, it wasn't portraying anything that wasn't there. It was just portraying something that I had refused to see for a long time. Something that I avoided. Something I didn't want to see. And you see, the truth is this moment is single-handedly the motivation that led to a realization of my current health and created changes in me that were drastically, drastically different. And today, maybe the, the story doesn't really connect with you, but two years ago, I weighed 70 pounds more than I do today. And, and it, it kind of became this catalyst, this motivation moment to go, you know what, there's change that needs to happen. It was there, right in my face. And this truth changed everything about my physical health. And the truth is, is maybe I'd like to propose today that maybe all of this is like that moment. That maybe not for our physical, because maybe like me, you found yourself far too often in the pantry finding some quarantine snacks and maybe like me you've added a few during quarantine that's completely fine you need to stay warm during this but but the truth is 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 maybe it's called us to a place that forces us to deal with our spiritual health what if quarantine has been just that a forced view into the reality of how we actually are doing you see we all have this right now this quarantine has halted our lives abruptly. It's forced us home. And as we literally and figuratively walk through the doors of our homes, knowing for a time we can't leave, it has forced us to deal with the problems that we've stuffed away, passing by every day but making the excuse that I just can't deal with this right now because there's a hundred other things I need to deal with. I'm busy. And though we know something is not right, we all continue about our lives as if it doesn't exist. And here's why we do this. Because we know that the struggles, the hurt, the pain, the insecurities, the pride, the offense, the heartache, and the cost are way more difficult to deal with than just to sweep up into our dustpans made up of the facade we choose to play out every single day and toss back in the closet only to be tracked out day after day and swept up again. You see, today this quarantine has forced us home to a reality that we cannot escape. It's forced us to look closer. And before we can dream about what's next, it's forced us to come to the scary reality of what is. And this is the exact nature that we find in Moses in our passage in Exodus. 
This interaction between Moses and God is one that most of you have probably heard many times. The conversation with a burning bush. One where God calls Moses to a a big future. But first he must face the things he feels internally in the moment. The truth is, is there's fear attached to what's next. Because often there's comfort in what is. And though we know there are things we must face, we have found rhythms and busyness to hide away from the realities of what God actually has for us. And this is the story of Moses, a man once marked with privilege in the house of Pharaoh, one that could be positioned to do such good for his people, yet we find him enjoying the comfort and safety of the field tending someone else's sheep. But then God sets up a moment that doesn't allow him to ignore his calling anymore. And I wonder if maybe, just maybe, the moments we've had over the past couple weeks as we've dealt with a pandemic that has slowed our life and its pace has forced us in the same way to look a little closer, to evaluate what is It forces us to no longer hide behind normal and now invites us into what could be. Today, I want to bring attention to to the two questions that Moses asked that really we must ask of ourselves as we dream about what's next. The first question that is asked is simply this, who am I? In verses 11 and 12, it says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But but God says, But I'll be with you, and this should be a sign for you that I've sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God on this mountain. In verse 10, previous to this, is it, we see the purpose of Moses. His intent to use Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of their captivity. This is your big purpose. This is what I've always positioned you for. This holy moment is affirming that Moses' story was positioning him for more than he could ever imagine. And here's the thing. Your story does the very same. It positions you for your purpose. Your wounds position you for your purpose. Your your placement in life positions you for your purpose. Your favor in life positions you for your purpose. The blessings that are in your life are all tied to the purpose that God has for you. Yet when faced with this reality, when forced to look at what could be and what's next, Moses answers with a less than stellar response of who am I? He spent 40 years hiding from what he was created to be. And here's what it creates. Comfort. If we all are honest, with time comes comfort. We are comfortable in the way it's always been. It works for us. And this is why this disruption of COVID-19 of a quarantine has marked so many. It's a break in what we're used to. It's a break in our plans. It has disrupted everything about what we know and what we cling to. Leaving comfort has been forced. And leaving comfort is difficult. And here's why. Because many of us have many great things. We have great families 
great careers. And there's a great cost to jumping out of that comfort. The cost is family, finances, jobs, reputations, friendships. There's so much risk involved with doing what's next. But here's the problem. When I settle for safe, I forfeit the purposes and the fulfillment of God for my life. Think of Bible stories, the ones we love to preach, the ones we love to quote, the ones we love to read, maybe even as children. I, I want you to think of these. It was, it was those who risked their comfort that tasted the goodness of God. You remember Daniel facing lions. Why is that amazing? It's because he was in an uncomfortable situation yet became victorious. Think of David facing a giant. We love to put ourselves in these stories. We love talking about them. Think about Joshua facing Jericho. Think about all these amazing stories. Now, what do they all have in common? It's simple. A lack of comfort. A risk. Something more than what was. The truth is we're forced to answer the question of who am I? Was I created just to play it safe? Was, was I created just to exist and move on? Or, or am I truly God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works? Am I truly destined for a purpose that's bigger than myself? Am I living the life God's called me to live, or have I just settled? Maybe even relationally with Jesus, the question could come, who am I? Or maybe it could be rephrased, how am I? How are you in Jesus today? How are we actually doing? This is a reality we have to face. We have to look straight in the eye. This slow down, we can no longer hide behind the busyness of I will do it later or I can do it when. And we can fill in all the blanks. It's forced us to go, you know what? With a pause, there must be a restart. And with a restart, the question is, who Am I actually created to be? So what does this look like practically for you? It first looks like asking the question, who am I? Who has God created me to be? There might be fear because of the cost. There might be fear because of insecurities you have. There, there might be fear because of comfort. There, but we must face the mirror today and ask, who am I? Is this all that God has created for me? Or, or let's go even broader is this all that God has intended for this church? Change is hard, right? Difficult. Asking the question even from the pastor of what's next can be fearful because when we insinuate what is next, we're letting everyone know we might be leaving what is. It's uncomfortable. But here's the questions we must ask. Are we just supposed to check the religious attendance box of church and continue on as normal? Or is there something more? Let's ask the question, is this all that God has for your business? Am I just supposed to build a stockpile of power and wealth for myself and just enjoy it? Or, or is there more that God has for me? Has God given me that influence? Has God given me that favor? Has God blessed me the way he has? Because God has something more. The question just simply comes, who am 
I? Moses asked this question out of insecurity. How can I do this? How could I ever get there? Why, why would you choose me? And the question today is, why has God chose you? It's because he sees what's in you. He sees what's on your life. He sees how your story could change someone else's story. He sees how this church can affect even more than maybe just this street and this city. It could go beyond and do more. You see, God always sees what could be. But the question that we're forced to ask before anything, before we can move into anything, stepping into anything, is simply, who am I created to be? What's God called you to be? What's God called this church to be? What has God called his body to be? Who am I? The second question we see is one we must ask, and this is, who are you? Specifically, that you is the question, who is God? Verse 13, it says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. The next question that comes out of Moses' mouth makes all the difference. After dealing with how could I, who am I to do this, he goes, he moves straight to, by what power can we do this? And it forces him to answer the question, Who is God to you? The truth is, many of us struggle with this because of that same comfort. The comfort of our schedules, our routines have made us great managers of our lives. We know how to stay safe. We know how to handle our business. We we know how to function. But the problem we often face today is this, is, is because of this, we demand such control. We find safety in the control. We, and what this creates is a, is a lack of need to rely or trust on God. We worship Him, yes. We do the services. We say the right things. We pray the prayers. But here's the question. Do you trust God? Now, I imagine many of you will say and should say, yes, I trust God. But I, I want to take it a little bit further in this. Let me ask this simple yet kind of deep question. When's the last time you were in a situation where you had to completely rely on God? Like a situation where if God didn't come through, you were toast. Here's my concern. As I read this, I see a situation where Moses was completely inadequate to do it on his own. He can't do this by himself. So what did he do? In order to do this, his entire path to do this was what? Reliance on God. God, I don't have it in me. You will have to show up. And one of my fears in the area of trust in our lives and the area of dreaming of what's next is often we shrink our vision to fit what we can do rather than relying on what God can do. So why don't we live this way? It's because deep down we often wonder what God might make us walk through. He might change something we love. He might position me in the impossible and the uncomfortable. And right now, this is fine for me. But hear this. I love the way Pastor Levi Lusco uh, says it. He says, when we do the impractical, God can do the impossible. 
If we want to experience the true hand of God in our lives, if we want to see God do something new, if we want to see God blossom things, dreams and visions that he's placed on this house and our lives, how do we begin to see it? It starts with this. In order to achieve the impossible, we have to be willing to step into the uncomfortable and the impractical. So what does it look like to live this out practically in your life? Let's talk church. What if we never go back to the way it was before? Can God sustain his church with a new model? What if we never get to meet the same way we used to? Can, can God sustain that way? The answer is obviously, of course he can, right? But many of us might be willing to admit that that's our greatest fear. What if it's never the same? What if stepping into what God has next for you cost you some friends? Could God give you new ones? What if stepping into what's next will cost you all that you built financially? If God got you here, could he sustain you to what's next? Do we trust him? Or here's the simple question I'm trying to ask. Let me ask just straightforward with you. Is God enough? Is what's next worth it because it fuels us towards God rather than just the comfort of what we know today? You see, today I've I've come with a, a simple challenge. To take a look within and ask the simple question, am I truly willing to do what's necessary to experience what's next for us? You see, this quarantine and This pandemic has forced us indoors. It's slowed our lives to a screeching halt. Today, like many days, these past few weeks, our minds have wandered to the questions we haven't had time to ask for a long time. It's given us a perspective and a view of ourselves that we haven't seen in a while. And for some of us, let's be honest, it's a perspective that can be quite appalling. As we sit and look in the mirror of what is called our life, we realize for some of us, we've settled. For some of us, we haven't relied on God in a long time. And for many of us, our greatest fear is what's next because the truth is we haven't even dealt with what is. Today, these circumstances and life itself offers a simple invitation into the mirror with a question of, Are you really open to what's next? Are you ready for what's next? The answer to this question matters more than we'd like to admit. But in order for our families to grow healthy, in order for our church to grow healthy, in order for our communities, our state, our country, and our world to grow healthy, in order for a next generation to believe in the God of the impossible, in order for God to show himself worthy of praise and worship in all that is, the truth is, it can't be our strength. It can't be what fits our routine. It can't be what we have always done. It's an invitation into the impossible. Today, I believe your pastor is really asking that same question. What's possible? 
What's next? What is God doing? You see, today we can, we can answer, are, are we ready for what's next? But the truth is, before we can dream for what's next, we have to ask the question, before we go, am I ready for what's next? There's a couple different people watching today, many of you in different walks of life, but there's a couple questions that many of us have to face. For some of you, the truth of what God has next for your life and for this church and and for what is to come, the truth is the question you're forced to ask is that's tough to get to because you don't know God himself. You're not right with God. You, You haven't given your life to Jesus. You haven't surrendered your life to Jesus. And you say, it's hard to dream about what's next for me with God because I'm not really with God. And today I want to encourage you, the amazing thing about God is in this moment, as he's brought you into this moment, slowed your life, as if to bring a burning bush moment, he creates a moment just for you to understand. He loves you, he's for you, and in one moment, he can redeem all that has been taken away, all that's lost, all that you've ever done. If you'll just simply say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Would you accept me? Would you receive me? Simply by saying that, God will come into your life. He'll change your story, and your future will be one of purpose and fulfillment because of the work that Jesus has done for you. Today, you can make that decision. Others of you, you know Jesus. You're in relationship with him, and the simple question, I guess I came all the way here to to ask you, is is not a, a question maybe you've never heard. It's not a question that is over your mind. It's simply this question. Have you taken the time to ask what is before what's next. Really practically today, it's, it's simply this. When dreaming about what's next, is God still enough? Do you remember what he called you to be? Are you truly the person God intended you to be? As you answer that question, you can simply say a prayer and say, God, set me straight. Set me back to where I've always been intended to be. Today, I believe God can answer those questions for you. By doing this, we prepare our hearts for what is next. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity. God, what a blessing it is that even though we're not able to be together right this second, it's coming, but but right this second we're not. Uh, we're grateful for a technology that has allowed us to, to still meet together. And I, I pray for Greenville First. God, uh, I know that what's next for Greenville First is blessing, it's favor, it's your hand, it's hope to people who are, are without hope. It's, it's light in the midst of darkness. God, you have great plans. But also, God, you have great plans for every individual. You have great plans for families and children. You have callings. You have restoration of marriages. God, you have so much. And so today we simply pause and say, God, you know what? Who am I? Who have you created me to be? And God, in the midst of my inadequacies and my insecurities, we ask the question, who are you? God, you are enough for our situation. You're enough for what we're going through. You're enough to sustain us in what's next. So God, we surrender our lives to you. We surrender our hearts to you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us online for service today. If you have made a decision to follow Christ, Let us know by filling out a digital connection card and one of our pastors will help you take your next steps. And also, don't forget to join us for Growth Track today following the 10 a.m. service. 
The Zoom link can be found in the service description. As always, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week.